I like your tattoos. What are those numbers on your arm? Oh, that's uh, the date my dad died. He was a fireman. Died in a fire 17 years ago. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Don't be. It's fine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not your dad. You can't focus on Scott anymore, honey. He's 24 years old, Marjorie. Let that fucking bird fly, please. Don't worry, Mom. I know your daughter got smart and went to college and abandoned us. But I'm still here. I'm gonna be here forever. Yeah. I want to become a real tattoo artist. Your work is mad and consistent. Obama ain't right. Oh, I love your tattoos. This is my favorite. <laughs> I've been dating someone for a little while now. The first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that? You don't think that's weird? You're going to have to pull your weight a little more around here. Maybe help Ray get his kids to school. Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend. You OK? You know, you can tell me. I'm OK. Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not going to break. I love that. I love that. The consistency. Nick Jr. I miss face. Hi. It's face. 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 I, I, I love that. I, I mean, I'm not a big person that's like, oh, I love nostalgic things. But I mm. do love that we all had this collective experience loving Blue's Clues and face and everything that was on Nick Jr. and everything. And that like they didn't pander to us or they didn't they weren't like oh yeah this is for like the kids now they were just like no like we're gonna be kind of real it was really yeah. nice yeah it was it was the only network that was teaching me about gullah culture right <laughs> When I caught a reflection of you and me Staring back at us while frozen on the screen Crack the white noise and pretend that we're asleep That we're asleep, dream, 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 dream Hear that? That's the sound of us tattooing our season finale into your brain because who gives a shit it's probably shoulda i'm nadia vasquez one of your hosts and i'm joined as always by a wonderful hilarious smart uh full of common sense human being and his name is tony ginocchio thank you nadia and i would say as the star of today's selection says about tattoos i will say about our podcast the best part of it is the pain <laughs> it is for us for sure uh, I was in, uh. I was in, I was expecting <laughs> to be in more pain. I was yeah, in a different right? kind of pain than I expected. Still pain, but not, it I, wasn't as bad I, as I, I thought. I do not openly hate this film. I do not openly <laughs> like it either. It will probably no, not. go down in history in my brain as something that I will forget. Yeah, um, you know, there's a term in baseball uh, which is like replacement level or, or value over replacement player. And, and so what that means is like when you look at how good a player is, when you're like trying to tr make trades or build your team, you're not looking at this player is really good. You're asking, if I just pulled in an average guy. <laughs> some guy, an, again, if some I, guy. Right, if, if I pulled in an average baseball player and stuck him in this spot, would he be better than the guy I have 
Uh, and if the answer is yes, then you don't need the guy you have now. And I think that's how I feel about Pete Davidson in comedy, is he is yeah. not replacement level. I think he... Uh, listen, I've talked to you about this before. <laughs> I didn't understand whether or not he was hot. <laughs> like, I couldn't decide it, but I didn't understand why I could not decide. That is where I was like... Because with celebrities, you got to watch them for hours at a time, right? They you they got to be cute, you know what I mean? And yeah. and I don't watching this. The confusion is gone for me because I okay. I'm firmly in the camp of he's not hot. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought I would Very. go the other direction because I did see him a small snippet of him in the previews of the Suicide Squad, and I was like, he looks yes. pretty good in that one. But then yes. to look at him for a very long time, I'm like, he's not hot. I'm glad Ariana Grande broke up with him for many reasons because so- <laughs> she deserved better. But I, I am not in the pro hot Davidson. Yeah, so I, I have a couple. So the first thing I want to say to our listeners is when Nadia says a very long time, <laughs> she's referring to all 135 minutes of today's selection, The King of Staten Island from 2020, directed by Judd Apatow, starring Bill Burr, Italian ex-American Oscar winner Marissa Tomei, and uh, starring and based on the life of and co-written by SNL cast member Pete Davidson. Before you continue, I think we should say America's sweetheart, Marissa Tomei. American cinematic legend. Cinematic legend. Yeah, I think that's more appropriate. Um, The other thing about Pete Davidson, now we had discussed this in an earlier episode and it ended up getting cut, but I want to bring it up again now, is you were talking about, you'd seen him in the Suicide Squad trailer. Right. You were kind of horny for him. Yeah, I was a little bit. And I said, I don't know if this is true anymore. I think it's still true. It definitely was true. He has a tattoo on his chest Mm -hmm. that says, uh, jokes come and go, but swag is forever. (laughs) Uh, And if you were to have sex with him, uh, you would have to look at that. Mm, Not if I was facing the other way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, the solution we had discussed earlier was you just pegging Pete All right. <laughs> well, not if he was facing but, the other way. Yeah, but e- either one is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really want to look at him. He's... Uh, <clears throat> okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I have realized that the power of a tall man is very large, uh, yeah. and I think that it's not fair. I think uh, people who are very tall have a lot of power, and, I, and especially in the dating game. Because if you if he, he was just to be an average-sized man, I don't think he would have the appeal. Yeah. It, you're saying, if it, basically, he, he's not tall. It's kind of like, and I'm sorry, I know people are going to be upset at me for saying this, but I think the same thing about Adam Driver. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's hot, but objectively, he's a tall person. I don't think he's hot either, but he, yeah, the lankiness and the, like, muscle, there's more, a- there's more area for muscle, to use algebra, and, and, and with Pete Davidson, he's just got more surface area, so he's very large, and it's appealing, I mean, who, as a small woman, I'm only, I'm almost 5'1", I, I, if, for me, when I'm dating an average-sized man, it's fine, I'm perfectly fine but when someone is larger six foot and above which i've had two boyfriends that were six four like it's pretty good <laughs> it's fun so i get i understand the appeal 
Okay. <laughs> that was, I think, more informative than I needed it to be. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but, but, but I'm, what I'm saying is, if we were to shrink him, like a Willy right. Wonka style, we were right. to shrink him into 5'7 to 5'9". Mm-hmm. I don't think that... So, so still taller than me, but much less tall than he is right now. Yes, yes, yes. I think he's like 6'3 or something, yeah. possibly. I I do think that he holds too much power based on his height mm-hmm. and, um, I guess, swag. Um, yeah. Which someone has d- uh, dubbed Big Dick Energy. That was like right. two summers ago. We learned about Dick. Well, that was, yeah, that was when he was with Ariana, and everybody's like, "Why the why yeah. the fuck's he with?" I mean, Ariana? I mean, I I don't I have a lot of pro- listen. I love Ariana Grande. Like she is, <laughs> I guess, what you would call my Taylor Swift for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I named my daughter after her. We we talked. Yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. So I love Ariana Grande so much, and um, I don't like the way that he treated how he talked about her when they were dating. Yes. I thought yes. it was really gross. And then when they broke up, he made that joke about her painting herself brown, which is true. But <laughs> you don't have to say it. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence on whether or not, as a person, I would be like, I really want to meet Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. But. Well. I mean. Here, like, what I'm. <laughs> what I'm going <laughs> to. No, finish your thought. Finish, what what came after I mean? <laughs> I mean, I I definitely wouldn't f- fuck him. <laughs> okay. Uh, but if I had to work with him or something, I'd be like, fine. I think, you know, I, I would say, uh, you know, this movie, which uh, basically asks the question, what if we did Garden State, but instead of the shins, we used Kid Cudi's music. <laughs> uh, this movie uh, is not terrible it like it's not we've we've definitely watched way worse movies than this this season yes um i I was actually like kind of surprised that it did not um destroy you terrible that did not destroy me it is i would say one interchangeable with most other judd apatow movies yeah uh just in terms of how it's structured Mm -hmm. um and uh, (laughs) well yeah exactly and the other thing is even though it's uh, not terrible it's also not funny uh at all no this Um, is a comedy podcast i thought this was going to be a comedy right and it's um one it's extremely dark and i mean obviously pete davidson's life story is very dark in, in many ways but like you know, I came away from this, like, thinking, I don't think Pete Davidson is funny or, like, really noticeably talented at all. No. But if he didn't have his job at SNL, I'd be very worried about him. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. I have a Common yeah. Sense Media review that I'm going to, that is going to sum up how I feel that I didn't expect to find. Yeah. So, it just, like, it's a review from, like. A random person. <laughs> A random person that's like, I would only fuck him if he took me from behind. And so, <laughs> I don't, yeah, or if I was behind him. Right. Um, so P, for, those, for those of you who don't know, guys, uh, Pete Davidson's father was a New York City firefighter who uh, died in 9-11. Um, this movie uh, is about a character named Scott, who is played by Pete Davidson. Which is his um, father's name. Which is his father's name. Uh, Scott, the character's father... Uh, was a firefighter who died in action. It wasn't specifically in 9-11 in the movie. 
in order to make the timing work. Um, and so basically, uh, because of that, uh, Pete Davidson's character is traumatized. He's completely aimless in life. He's living in his mom's basement. His mom is played by Marissa Tomei. While his uh, sister goes off to college, his sister is played by Apatow's daughter. You know what's really and, funny is when when I started the movie, I was like, oh, cool. Like, we're not going to see Leslie Mann or his daughters. <laughs> That's not true. And then you're like, nope, never mind. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he just, like, has kind of this half-assed dream of becoming a tattoo artist uh, that he's not really acting on. He mainly smokes weed with his friends. His uh, widowed mom meets another firefighter, played by comedian Bill Burr, uh, and uh, they start dating and basically kick Pete Davidson out of the house. Um, and so, uh, Pete Davidson, after a series of very long mishaps, including, like, having a fight club at the restaurant, he works at a bus, <sighs> as a busboy, and, uh, trying to knock over a pharmacy with his friends, um, it, you know, ends up getting kicked out of everywhere, getting in a huge fight with Bill Burr, um, but he has to basically move into, uh, Bill Burr's firehouse, because he's homeless, and, and while there, as with any, Judd Apatow movie, he learns an important lesson about personal responsibility, <laughs> kind of starts to make peace with his dad's death, um, and uh, takes the first steps uh, towards being uh, a grown-up adult person, uh, which in real life meant uh, sitting on Weekend Update and telling a bunch of jokes to which the punchline is just weed. Yeah. Um, so. The dream. It's the dream, man. So this this isn't just about the King of Staten Island. It's about um, a very difficult and, and painful era in SNL, which <laughs> is now, which is right now in SNL. And Nadia and I have been sending each other <laughs> a couple sketches from the past couple seasons, which are absolutely unbearable to watch. Yeah. I, 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 I gotta be real with you, dude. I only watched halfway through each one because yeah. I just couldn't. I couldn't wait for the escalation. Did you get to Donald Trump singing Hotline Bling? <sighs> yes. That was when he hosted. That was, uh, like, May 2016. It's painful. But I'm going to talk to you all about present-day Saturday Night Live. Well, mostly I'm going to tell you about when this movie came out. So we are in the middle, still, of a pandemic. <laughs> Don't know if you guys are aware. <laughs> That's the uh, it's just incredible that this movie came out during like a pandemic. Wow, the largest mass casualty event in history, and this is just like the most pointless fucking story. Yeah, this ha and there's absolutely no reason for this to be made. But yeah. we this movie came out in between seasons forty five and forty six of Saturday Night Live, which is too many seasons of anything. <laughs> And uh, it came out during the pandemic, so it was not released in theaters. If it were, it might have bombed. Who knows? Um, who knows? Who knows? But uh, this was available through streaming. It was available through Hulu. Now it's on HBO Max or Hulu if you have an HBO Max add-on. Uh, but I want to talk to you about the most recent season of Saturday Night Live because uh, Pete's on it. And I want to talk about where we're at. So these are the the repertory players of season 46 i personally don't know who most of these people are uh we got beck bennett we love ad bryant who's great michael shea who is the weekend update host a literal insane person yes michael, michael pete, pete davidson <laughs> mikey day don't know who that is heidi gardner don't know who that is colin jost she's uh he's a weekend update host as well 
Yeah, don't misgender Colin Jost, please. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Kate McKinnon is still there for some reason. Alex Moffat, Kyle Mooney, whom I love, uh, Ego Nodim. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've heard. She, I've heard she's okay. Okay. Uh, Chris Red. Oh, I love him. Cecily Strong, Keenan Thompson, the Great, and M- Melissa Villasenor. The featured players are Andrew Dismooks. Dismooks. No. Chloe Feynman, Lauren Holt, Punky Johnson, what a name, cool name, and Bowen Yang, whom we love. Um, again, I don't want to sound like an old lady. I don't know who these people are, but I, you know, I'm not watching right now, so, you know, that to be fair. But the hosts of this last season included Chris Rock, Bill Burr, Issa Rae, Adele, uh, Baby Daddy John Mulaney, who we talked about today, Timothy Chalamet, and Elon Musk. And musical guests included Megan Thee Stallion, whew, Justin Bieber, her, Foo Fighters, shout out Tim, Machine Gun Kelly, and my future husband, Kid Cudi, Phoebe Bridgers, and the legendary Lil Nas X. What, what about O-Rod? What about Olivia Rodriguez? Rodrigo, pardon me. Oh, uh, I mean, she's part of it. I said included. I didn't say all of them. Yeah, but I mean, driver's license, man. I, oh. I got to be honest with you. I've I've never heard that song all the way through because it. Bugs well, you're me the only one. Yeah, you're it bugs me because it's on like all of the Instagram reels and TikToks and stuff. I'm like, okay, let me mute this whenever it comes on. That that one and the one that's like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Hate that one too. I listen. I'm in a really good mood. I don't know why I'm just complaining. Um. But yeah, the, the uh, current seasons of Saturday Night Live aren't doing super well uh, when it comes to the, what is that called? You used to work there. Nielsen rating. <laughs> oh, Nielsen. Yes, the Nielsen ratings. Yeah. <clears throat> Not doing super well. However, because of the internet, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram, all of that stuff, all of these sketches have a second, third, fourth, fifth life online. So a lot of the time... Uh, clips from the show go viral people stitch their own comedy to them uh, all of that stuff so in a way it's still very much a part of our life but just in a much different way than previous seasons we have covered yeah well you have um pete davidson and timothy chalamet were soundcloud rappers in that one sketch uh you sent me that one uh, you had, um, during the government shutdown in uh, early 2019, uh, Alec Baldwin is Donald Trump. He played deal or no deal to end the shutdown, and he got a suitcase full of hamburgers, <laughs> which is how he spelled that on Twitter once. Uh, so that was that was really great. We love a Twitter um, reference on uh, on national television. Well, that I mean, that's the, so when Donald Trump hosted, and that was May 2016, which I would say is the lowest point in the show's history. Um, he was only on screen for like eleven or twelve minutes oh. because uh, because of like equal time requirements for campaigns. Like if they put him on more, like other presidential candidates, like John Kasich, like would like ask, like, "Hey, I I need to have a Saturday Night Live episode," and everything. nobody thinks you're funny. To me. <laughs> uh, and and so it, it, it's just weird, you know. I think there's a certain critique of the show that I disagree with, which is like, this show used to be like really sharp political comedy. And I'm like, no, 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 it never was. It was was always about people doing drugs. And (laughs) people are still doing drugs. This movie makes that very clear. People are still doing drugs. Right. 
Um, but it just shows how, how not fun doing drugs can be. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, I just, I don't know. It's such a bummer, man. And to have like, to have Alec Baldwin playing Trump and Jim Carrey playing Biden too, like, especially like. It's a bummer that like, they had to outsource to get. They, you, like you have a fucking cast. Yeah. Is, and like, it's a big cast. Like I read a lot of names off. Yeah. People I don't know, but they could, you know, who's doing the auditioning? And being like, okay, they, this person has no uh, celebrity impressions. They're right. on. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I mean, it's just, yeah. It, to have that, to have the, the you know, the I think I sent you a weekend update clip, and it was like Colin Jost being like, uh, Colin Jost. Uh, just <laughs> Colin Jost. Colin Jost being like, uh, Barbie announced they're launching a new Helen Keller doll. Well, be sure you don't let her drive the Barbie car. And that's, like, that's it. That's yeah. the whole joke. That's not even, like, that's not even, like, a low-tier, like, Fallon monologue joke. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. just, like, just so lazy. Do you think that a lot of this is because there are four head writers versus just one? I, I mean, I think some of it is, like, I mean, you read a ton of cast members, and, and obviously all those people participate to some degree in, like, the, the creation of the show. Right. And creation of characters, stuff like that. I think if you get too many ideas in there... Yeah, too many um, cooks in the kitchen. And, right. And, like, Lorne Michaels is, like, 88 years old or something, <laughs> so, like, I don't know how much control he's honestly exerting over the creative process, and it's just, like, yeah. you don't have something like the... We, we talk about the Lonely Island as, like, the bright spot of recent SNL, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, that was three dudes. They did things the way they needed to. They didn't, they didn't pitch to a room full of writers. They shot their, you know, three minutes, they turned it in, and it got on the air, and, like... That worked. Right. And, like, the closest they have to that right now is Kyle Mooney. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, when they let him do, like, whatever weird fucked up thing the one, he wants oh to do. Oh, my gosh. He had one where he was a YouTuber and he kept killing people. And he had to keep <laughs> doing YouTube apology videos. <laughs> it was really, really good. And he, it's just so deranged. And I just, I think that there is a lack of um, risk taking. Yes. Yes. Happening. Well, because I, I think they want to appeal to everybody, but you can't appeal to everybody because then what are you trying to then say? What are you doing? Yeah. And it's like, and again, like Colin, jo I gotta go back to Colin Joe's because yeah. like weekend, weekend update is like the thing you share a lot on social media, right? Not you, Nadia. No, I mean, no, no, not no, no, doing no. It, but it's like the thing, <laughs> it's like the thing your parents share a lot on social media. And it's like, I remember very specifically Amazon was trying to build a new headquarters, right? Uh -huh. And they were trying to figure out where it was going to get built. And they picked, it was like this whole process where cities were just like, we will give you billions of dollars we could be using to like fund our schools and hospitals and, and, <laughs> and give infrastructure. It to Amazon. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, and, uh, and Amazon was like, wow, so many great proposals. We're going to go with New York and DC, uh, like the place where everyone builds companies and the place where Jeff Bezos owns a newspaper. We're going to go with those. Yeah. Two so they did that, and then New York actually had a really successful um, uh, kind of community organization effort, um, and they partnered with people in the city council and stuff like that, and Amazon ended up uh, having to pull the plug on the, on the New York headquarters, mm -hmm. um, and that was really great. I think it was going to be in Queens, and that was really great, and I remember Colin Jost being like, 
Why are these New Yorkers complaining? Amazon's coming. That's like winning the lottery. Uh, nothing's ever good enough for New Yorkers, right? And that was the that was the joke. That was the joke. Wow. I mean, I I was there as an intern the seasons uh, at the end of season the 2010 season. I don't remember which one yeah. it was. And yeah. Seth Meyers was the head writer. And one thing that I really admired about him was that he was a little bit ruthless. And I think that's something that I've noticed about Conan too. During his rehearsals, he's incredibly ruthless of like, that joke doesn't make sense. Yeah, we got to cut that. Right. Yeah. He'll cut things, but he always gave them the option to bring it back. Seth Meyers did the same thing. There were sketches that didn't make it, especially a lot of John Mulaney type weird shit. And, and Hannibal Burris was there at the time as well. Uh, and uh, and his stuff, his stuff was also a little bit weird and out there. But he kept trying, and then he ended up on Weekend Update. It was great. But Seth had a bar that you had to reach, and it was really cool to see him be unapologetic about it. And I feel like there is a vibe that SNL's like, sorry, here's a sketch about this. And I it like I don't think that that's I don't feel like it's very confident. Yeah. Well, they they did, I remember um they when they did the Zoom episodes and it was like, yeah. what if someone used the toilet while they were on a Zoom call? And it was just like, what's the easiest shit? And then yeah. they stole uh as yeah, sounds so weird, but they they stole a joke from Cumtown, like the <laughs> podcast. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, which was the uh, guy who has a ratatouille, but for having sex. Oh, nice. Uh, so there's like a rat controlling him through his hair, which was a joke on Cometown, and then was an SNL sketch like the next week. <gasps> oh my God, did they yeah. sue? Uh, they didn't sue, but they uh, devoted a large part of the following week's episode to other things they would like SNL to air. <laughs> That's so funny. I, look, I don't, maybe we'll get to this at the end of the episode, but the real question is, do we still need Saturday Night Live? Well, I, I know what my answer is, but before we answer it, let's... Uh... Let's talk about a two and a half hour long movie. Yeah, so... I guess the other the other thing about this movie is how different it is from everything else we've watched yeah. this season. Yeah. Because e- everything else we watched has a formula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> has a fucking act one, establish the characters, repeat some sketches. Act two, we, we get to the conflict, things fall apart. Act three, we bring them back together. Like, yeah. super straightforward. Well, uh, let's talk about what we did at the beginning of every single episode of this season, which is talk about the sketch that the character is from you can't because pete doesn't have characters he doesn't (laughs) he doesn't it's him sitting now i know he like i know he like has lines in some of the sketches but like his first appearances on snl were him on weekend update as himself Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing basically his stand-up routine right which is fine which is fine but is it 135 minutes fine. Judd Apatow sure thought it was. For Judd Apatow, everything is 135 minutes fine. Yeah. So we open. (laughs) We open on some uh, wooded highway in New York. Pete Davidson driving in his car. I know his character's name is Scott. He's named after his dad. I'm going to call him Pete Davidson throughout. Okay. Um, Thank you for the heads up. Driving in his car. Uh... Blasting some Kid Cudi. That's not. It kid wasn't Kid Cudi. Cudi. I looked it up. It's not. 
Oh, it's not? What a no. disappointment. Cause Kid, it sounded Kid like, that's is, why I was like, that sounds like Cuddy, but I've never heard this track, and it wasn't. Because Pete Davidson has been like, no, listening to Kid Cuddy's music like helped me get my life back on track. Honestly, I understand. There are some songs yeah. that are, are on like my like Pump Myself Up mixes. I, I get it. He's going to be my husband, I mean. <laughs> so it opens with him driving, and he just, I'm sorry, I kind of laughed at the opening shot because it looks like such a fucking serious movie. I know. I was, <laughs> and it's the king of Listen, the thing about movies thing about movies that i love is that for the most part the first five minutes you'll find out if it's gonna be violent if it's gonna be if a white man wrote it he's fucking you know like he's fucking someone and or it's gonna be uh a lot and when i when this one happened i was like oh this is gonna be a lot (laughs) and it was it's definitely a lot. He's just driving, and he has a death wish, apparently, so he's closing his eyes and stepping on the gas, and then he, like, opens his eyes, like, oh, shit, and he, like, swerves to avoid an accident, like, smacks into two cars and, like, drives away, um, and then puts his seatbelt on while he's like, ooh, sorry. Yep, uh, that's the tone then, that we're setting. Yeah, and then we get to what I call the Garden State uh, stretch of the film, because uh, it is, like, it's it's pete davidson and his stoner friends just hanging out in a basement just saying just um saying fuck words to each other like it's (laughs) it's there there's 20 of these scenes in this movie there's 20 of these scenes in knocked up yeah there's you know 20 of these scenes in uh 40 year old virgin like it's it's the same fucking apatow style dialogue and it's fine like if that if if you like Knocked Up and 40-Year-Old Virgin, you'll probably think this movie's all right, but it's No, like... I don't think so, because the bar is set way too high by Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, Jason Segel. Yeah, like, yeah, the, you the... do have a, a much lower <laughs> caliber of actors in this film. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fine. They're not comedians by any means. They're not recognizable. Right. If they put recognizable people, they would outshine Pete, and he's, like, barely a star. <laughs> But, like, these people, they're talented, absolutely. I absolutely believed that they were all friends and that they were just mm-hmm. shooting the shit. But it, it does have that Apatow vibe of, you. all right, guys, just improvise. Right, right. Just improvise and we're not going to edit it at all. No. Uh, <laughs> this is the, and- entire, the entire take. Right. And it's like, again, if that's your thing, that's your thing, whatever. But it's like, this is a this is a type of movie that has been around now for over 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and there's newer, better stuff in comedy. <laughs> oh, I forgot. This is a comedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is around the part, the, the time where I was like, why does this make smoking weed look so fucking lame? It looks so depressing. It's really depressing. I guess, you know, I <laughs> I have a different experience when I smoke weed because it's joyful and fun. But the these people are super sad and um, clearly down on their luck and on themselves. Yes. Yeah, none of them seem to have, like, jobs. Um, and, uh, and we also, this is where we learn um, 
that uh, Pete's dad. Uh, so basically, uh, there's a new friend that's come to visit them, and she's like, "Oh, what's that on your tattoos?" Because uh, uh, Pete's character, just like the real Pete Davidson, has tattoos all over him, and he's like, "Oh, this one is my dad. Um, he died in a fire. He was a fireman. He died in a fire." And and then uh, as a defense mechanism, Pete Davidson pretends like, you know, it's really fucked up that you talk to me about my dad, and it's like, "Nah, I'm just kidding. We joke about it all the time." Yeah, hilarious. Nice. Uh, then he fucks, uh, what's the girl's name? Kelsey is the character's name. Yes. Um, so that's kind but of she like was. Did his... you notice that she was facing away from him? She wanted to avoid the swag She's like, tattoo. I don't want to see the swag tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think, <clears throat> I, I didn't see it that clearly. I think they, cu- I think they put fake tattoos on him. Like, that are different from his actual tattoos. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, he did have, like, a uh, Mars Attacks one on. Right. Um, so... Uh, so he, yes, so he has, like, this girlfriend who, uh, he doesn't want, who's in his friend group, and he doesn't want people to know that they're fucking. Oh my god, let me talk to you about this scene. (laughs) I got so motherfucking pissed. Alright, so, so they're fucking. Again, like I said, in the first few minutes of the movie, you'll really get to see what kind of movie it is. Of course, in the first three scenes, he's fucking someone. Okay. But he embodies every man of our generation who is just fucking awful and doesn't take care of himself. I'm feeling a little bitter because this person is on TV and on movies. But basically, he treats this girl who is very sweet and just wants to, like, get to know him and stuff very poorly. He makes her keep their relationship a secret, even though they've known each other since they were kids. Uh, he is like, I'm really messed up and you deserve better than me. And she's like, mm, that makes me really sad that you think that about yourself. Which is, like, the worst. Don't like that at all. And, like, is just overall terrible to this poor girl. And she just lets it happen. She just, yeah, she just takes it. And is this awful. is, again, not a great... Judd Apatow trope of an, another female character that is shitty. Yeah, a female character that is shitty and uh, severely underwritten. Right? Yes, underwritten like, has like really bad. Like it would have been great to be have her be like, no, I'm better than you and I know it, but yeah. you're hot. You know, like something like that. But no, like just for the comedy of it, it's it's a little too grounded in a reality that I do not like. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know how when you watch a movie to be entertained, you're like, I hope this reminds me of shitty things that have happened in my <laughs> life before. I hope this makes me squirm. That I've been trying to forget. Yeah. It's really horrifying and sad. And so she continues to be treated poorly throughout the film, which is yeah. all you need to know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's more of these scenes. You know, I wrote here a typical Apatow scene that's 10 minutes long with six interchangeable characters in a basement all going, you're getting catfished like a motherfucker to each other, <laughs> um, which which is a line from the film. And then we kind of start getting the um, inciting incident of the film, which is that uh, Pete, Pete Davidson's sister uh is uh his younger sister just graduated high school she's gonna go to college while pete davidson's gonna just like stay at home with his mom marissa tomei yeah we have to let everyone know he's 24 which apparently yes. is a bad thing <laughs> so it's hard out there uh, I, I i would live with my parents if i could 
Yeah. So, uh, there, you know, so his sister is like the success story, right? And again, she's Apatow's daughter. Uh, and, um, he's like, he's at the graduation party and just super awkward. Although I did like the one where he has like a conversation with like his 12 year old cousin. Oh, yeah. And I was like, is like, do you have weed? And Todd's like, yeah, man, I got weed. I'll go get you some. And he goes, and Pete Davidson just says to himself, fucking home run, Todd. <laughs> yeah, we, I like those little tiny moments. Uh, the throwaway moments in all SNL throwaway movies. Moments. We love throwaway those. Throwaway moments. This isn't um, an SNL movie. But uh, they're, they're, it does set up the vibe that his mom is very Italian and very lonely. Yes. Very Italian, very lonely. And... The sister was the only thing keeping things in the house, like, normal. Yes, we love to see a another female character. Another well-written female character. Who, whose entire responsibility is to keep everything together. We love that. We love that. So, uh, so she, so he's losing kind of that tether, and he actually says to her, like, you're lucky you didn't get to know Dad. You turned out normal. Um, so we get... We get the pain. We get some of the pain. Yeah. Um, and, it is sad. Uh, it is sad. But the way that they paint out his sadness is a little um, broad. Heavy-handed. Heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. I mean, he, there are moments where he, you know, doesn't exactly but might as well turn to the camera and says, I have trauma because my dad died. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it would have cut, like, 45 minutes off if we had, though. <laughs> because it's so much Which is a lot. Uh, so, um, the other thing is we also get uh, his Judd Apatow dumbass dream that he's that he has but is eventually going to abandon when he becomes an adult, uh, which is he wants to open a tattoo restaurant. Right, yeah, it's where you uh, go to eat, but you watch people get tattoos. Right, and, uh, and everybody's like, that's disgusting, nobody... Nobody wants that. And this is the part where I wrote down. And again, like, I don't watch a ton of SNL now, and I definitely don't watch Weekend Update. I didn't realize how much of Pete Davidson's, like, cadence and delivery of jokes, like, it really feels like, and I don't know if this is an insult or not, but it really feels like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. He's like, he's like, what are you talking about? Of course people will love a tattoo restaurant. You go to a restaurant, you get your tattoos. I'm like, this just feels like a Seinfeld bit. Yeah, yeah. His um, delivery of most of his dialogue sounds like his. he's just doing stand-up, and yeah. the people in the movie are, like, laughing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. if that was real life, I'd be like, why are you talking like that? But okay. <laughs> uh, so the sister goes to college. Marissa Tomei, like, breaks down. She tries to bond with uh pete davidson like you want to watch game of thrones together and he's like i don't know i i just finished it <laughs> yeah there's um, it's there's a lot of um opportunity for comedy and it's just him saying no right which as as we've established before is the key to successful scene building it's <laughs> just, just like no nah, i don't want to do yeah that. i don't want to do that it's just two hours of him be like no nah, i don't want to do that um, and also, also classic Apatow reference to a television show that nobody thinks of anymore that immediately dates them. I know. That, like, everyone forgot about as soon as it jumped the shark. Yeah. Really, really bad. But uh, the, the other thing that we need to uh, know is that his friends let him tattoo them so he can practice. Because yes. he wants an apprenticeship. He wants to be a tattoo artist, but nobody will hire him. And it's because he's really, really bad at it. 
He can't draw. He, yeah. Yeah, he can't do it. So he, all of his friends, there's a whole scene where they talk about his shitty tattoos. He did a shitty Obama. He did a shitty cousin of someone. Um, the, sh- the shitty Obama made me laugh. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That when Because it looks so ridiculous. And his friend's like, I don't have any black friends anymore because <laughs> of this. Um, and the... Everybody else kind of gets their I want in this scene where the girl, Kelsey, is like, I want to be a city planner and I mm-hmm. want to make Staten Island great again. Did not like that. Oh, boy. She wants to make Staten Island like the new Brooklyn, basically. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, that's fucking stupid. Staten Island rules. Clearly it doesn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there, it just kind of meanders here. We're just meandering until we get to uh, where they're at the beach, another place to smoke weed, and another place to talk about the the tattoo job. And this little kid comes up to them and is like, I want to get a tattoo. And then he goes to tattoo the child. And then Pete Davidson starts, like, starts inking the kid's arm. And by the way, this is like the 45-minute mark in this movie. Dude, this movie's so fucking long, dude. It's so long. Um, So, yeah, he, like, starts... Uh, jamming the needle into the kid's arm and draws a line on his arm and the kid ha- the kid who's like fucking 11 he's like nine has he's nine he's okay. littler and and all of davidson's friends are like dude i don't know about this and pete davidson's like look kid you consent to getting a tattoo he's like yeah he's like, okay great we're gonna draw it and the kid has second thoughts after he has gets a line on his arm and he runs away uh, and uh, then things start to go south. Yeah, because we get a meet cute for some reason. We get uh, the child's father is Bill Burr with a giant mustache, and he comes to parade his mom and being like, "What the fuck did you do? You, how like you didn't raise this kid right? You, he gave my nine year old a tattoo." Real fucking dick to Marissa. Tomei. Real asshole. Which, Red to flag. Be, I, I understand why he was upset, but. Talking to a woman you don't know like that is Red flag. terrifying. Red yeah. flag. And she's like, I'm going to fuck him. Probably. Listen. <laughs> Listen. We need to stop letting men write women. It's over now. You have it's to have, you have, to have a, an and a woman credit. Because I, I, can't, I can't take another man boy story, Judd Apatow. And yeah, I can't, this is I can't, the man boyest story of all. Ugh, I'm so tired of it. I don't care. But anyway, so he yells at her and she's like, I'll get it. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it to get removed. It. It, it, she She's an ER nurse. So she's like, I can talk to someone at the hospital. I can get a discount on it. Like I can take care of it. Right. And then he comes back. Bill Burr comes back to apologize. He's like, look, like I have anger problems here. Uh, I... It probably led to the demise of my marriage, which we'll find out about later. We'll find out about that later. Hours later, we'll find out about that. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry about that, but can I take you out for coffee? And she's like, sure. <sighs> Just, uh, so he takes her off. First of all, I don't blame him because who wouldn't want to ask out Marissa Tony? I mean, I would. I get it. I get America's it. sweetheart and cinematic uh, legend Marissa Tomei, st- star of previous podcast selection What Women Want. <laughs> <laughs> She's not the star. She's like the fourth build actress. But uh, she, he takes her out, and that's where he like pieces together. He's like, "Holy shit, your husband was whatever the fuck his name was." Uh-huh. Um, D- and he's like, "Daddy, uh, yeah." And he tells her like, "Yeah, I, I, I may have bumped into him once. I didn't know him well, but yeah, he's he's a he's a hero, man." 
Um, and so they start to bond, Marissa Tomei and Bill Burr, and, uh, and start to fall in love, because it's a love story. Yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Pete Davidson is getting a job, uh, and it's as a busboy. A busboy slash fight club member, <laughs> and you don't talk about it, but we're going to talk about it here. The, they, put on, <laughs> they put on Hulk gloves. Yes. And they beat the shit out of each other for tips. For the tips. I feel job. like yeah. this is possibly a scene we could have cut. This whole storyline, we could just... We absolutely could have cut it, but I appreciate uh, the message that jobs today, service industry jobs today are nightmares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a scene where these people were... He was. He's a busboy. He can't take orders. And they, right. they were giving him their food orders. And he was like, I'm not going to remember just... any of this. And <laughs> that was really good. He's like, I'm not writing this down. Like, remember it. I'm not going to remember it. No. Um, no. There, I mean, there are definitely moments. And again, it's nothing with the plot. It's nothing with the characters. No. But there are some of these throwaway lines. I love a good throwaway. Is there a that movie actually, that's yeah. all throwaways? Yes, it's called Hot Rod. <laughs> and it's great. Hot, Hot Rod was one of the ones on the list, folks, that we didn't get to this season because we did Popstar instead. But it is very good. It is very, when, very good. When Ebenezer Scrooge shows up at the end, that's what really fucking kills me. <laughs> I sing the Cool Beans uh, song in my head a lot. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah, sorry, actually... back, to the, <laughs> back to the movie the episode's about. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a montage to a fabulous song of uh, Marissa Tomei and Bill Burr basically fucking behind Pete's back. Uh, yeah. And then finally she tells him after a certain amount of time passes. Right. They've been dating for a few months probably at this point. Uh, Pete's been fight clubbing and working. And uh, we he, he kind of freaks out a little bit because he finds out that this new guy is a firefighter too. And Which... Is, he's not okay he's with. not okay with that's really fucked up according to him and then we see there's like a shrine to his dad and he he's like he makes it about himself basically he's like this is gonna fuck me up right and like again i think they they explain they explain it better later at the ball game and we'll talk about the ball game scene in a minute but like yeah pete pete davidson blames being a firefighter basically for his dad's death right right yes and the, the fact that his mom would consider um being with another firefighter just is uh, inconceivable to him um and they marissa tomei and bilberg go to the restaurant where he works yeah um, because she doesn't want to put any pressure on him she's like you don't have to like sit down and have dinner with us we'll go hang out there you can just say hi to us it'll be super cash and he's yeah. like fine so, yeah, which I would not want them to come to the place where I would. I wouldn't um, either. That makes no, no sense to me. This is this is where I feel like Judd Apatow's like one percentism shows. Yeah, where he's like, yeah, this is a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, he spits in Bill Burr's bread. There's a moment. There is another moment that I kind of laughed at where Burr's like, "So how do you like the job?" And he's just like, "Uh, it eats ass." <laughs> <laughs> that is really um, funny. But his but Bill Burr is like, "Look, like your mom. I want to make her happy." I really like her a lot. and Which means I have to get along with you. <laughs> exactly. And it's very fairly obvious that they don't like each other, but at least Bill Burr is trying. And that yes. the this is where I'm very impressed. I know that Bill Burr is a very good actor. I've seen him in a lot of things being serious. But mm -hmm. he, I was really impressed. Yeah. Especially because no, he, I feel like his stand-up is just, like, fine. Yeah, he he's great. You never watch Breaking Bad, right? No. 
no he's in that he's terrific um he has a small part but he's really good at it um but he he is trying he is um trying to open up to him and he invites pete davidson to a yankees game because he has season tickets to the yankees (laughs) but it's the minor league yeah it's the staten island yankees (laughs) it's the minor leagues now first of all minor league baseball fucking rules yeah fuck yeah san jose giants what up yeah the the uh the gary Railcats <laughs> over nice. my neck of the woods uh but he's uh, right he talks about the miners yeah. and he's like they work really hard they play really hard and it's very yeah. true yeah um and so uh so he goes so we have this scene where he goes to the staten island yankees game with bill burr and he's there with all his other fdny friends including uh actor director uh italian ex-american legend and also former real FDNY firefighter, Steve Buscemi. Oh, and when I saw him, I closed my eyes so I could imagine Randall talking to me <laughs> from Monsters, Inc. Um, that's a, that was not the role I thought you were going to go <laughs> It's just like, oh, Steve Buscemi, take me away. Oh, crazy eyes from Mr. <laughs> from Deeds. Mr. Deeds. <laughs> or the homeless guy from Big Daddy. Yeah, yeah, but, um, I mean, Buscemi, you know, I love Steve Buscemi. Not only was he a former firefighter, but, like, after 9-11, like, I mean, like, immediately after 9-11, he, like, went back to his old firehouse and was like, hey, what do you need me for? And he, like, went to Ground Zero and and started rescuing people. Wow. Yeah. We stand. He's he's incredible in so many ways, but I thought he was a really great character in this movie kept it more grounded than yeah he was he was the ball buster yeah he was the, the asshole lieutenant who gives everyone shit yeah it was really great to see i think we needed that dynamic because it was really lulling for me two hours in well, what, how, at what point we were like an hour and a half in at this point we're, we're an hour and change yeah. Yeah, at this point so so pete davidson's kind of being a dick to everyone yeah they're like do you want a uh, hot dog he's like i can't i have crohn's i have crohn's and which of course he he does in real life he does um, and, and then he was like what does that mean he's like it's like the lining in your stomach makes it so that you have to shit all the time yeah i love that <laughs> i love that because that's what you talk about at a, at a and, ball game and i love that bill burr's like he could have just said i don't want a hot dog and he responds <laughs> i'm just trying to spread awareness <laughs> That was another great throwaway moment. Great throwaway moment. Um, but like one of the one of the firefighters asks, basically they figure out who his dad is, right? And they ask Pete Davidson, "You ever think about becoming a firefighter?" No. And, and Pete Davidson says, "Would you ask the kids of that teacher lady who died in space if they want to be astronauts?" And so this is Pete Davidson's big Oscar moment right here. Mm, right. Yes. Um, and it's like the substance of it is actually pretty good like it makes a lot of sense yeah. it's this big it's this big monologue about how like if you're it, what he says is if you want to be a fireman don't have kids like because your kids suffer uh when they're worried about you and when they're worried that you're gonna go off and die and leave them alone right super heartbreaking and, and sad yes however um pete davidson uh is i would say not uh the kind of actor that could pull that off super great, I think. Yeah, it's it seemed shallow. Now, I get that this is probably 
what he actually thought, right? right? Like he is he has probably said these exact words to someone before. Yeah. But um yeah. But he just... said it like Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Like it's but he's still acting and it's like ugh, whatever. Yeah. Ugh. It's okay. You know, I'm being really mean about it, I'm noticing, because this is obviously a very personal story for yeah. to to put out a personal story like this with one of the biggest directors in the industry it, it's gotta be nerve-wracking and very intense so like more power to him for doing it did it have to be so long maybe not the, um, i mean there's a certain and it's like there's a certain level of like and look like we've already talked about this i've fucking written autobiographical stuff before that nobody's ever seen and which they shouldn't see because it sucks but like it's like there is a certain amount of vanity that's like required yeah. <laughs> to make to make something like this, and especially to make it so bloated. Yeah, is um is nuts. Um, it is pretty. It is pretty intense. But you know yeah. what we haven't talked about is Maud. She the the his sister. He goes to visit her at college, and there's a whole subplot about that where he goes and parties with her and her friends, smokes weed, makes out with people, all the stuff. And she's like, well, you should come to college. It would be really cool. And he's like, well, I haven't graduated from high school. And she's like, well, you can still do that. And he's like, yeah, but then when I get here, I'll be old. And then that would be weird. So basically he's maybe, I don't know what the point of it is, is that he's exploring his options possibly and is kind of putting himself in these it's dead ends. It's 20 minutes in the film that do not need to be there. It's, yeah, I think they just want, you know, Judd wanted his daughter to have a whole subplot. And then we don't see her again. No, we really don't. We she has like one other. We see her on the phone. Yeah. Um. At one point, but that's it. Um. But yeah, it's like Judd's like, look, you got to get a credit. <laughs> um. You need you need like SAG points. Uh. To, yeah, to for the insurance. Your, yeah, to get your union card, get the insurance. You're gonna be 26 soon, so I gotta make sure. <laughs> um. So, uh, what ends up happening to? Pete is that Marissa Tomei and Bill Burr get more serious and they're like you know what would be great for you Pete <laughs> is if you got your own place they spin it in such a positive way and he still <laughs> takes it as you're kicking me out which they are yeah um there is one line here I really don't like and I want to just call it out Bill Burr says Roger Staubach graduated West Point and had a Heisman and played for the Cowboys by the time he was 24 and I just want to call out Staubach did not go to West Point. He was very famously a Navy man. Uh, but that's, you know, that's an oversight somebody should have caught. There were, like, three credited writers on this. One of them should have been, like... Yeah, you think one cop. of them is, like, should we fact check? <laughs> you really think that um, that happened? Do you think it was Pete? Do you think Pete was the one who was like, I gotta fact check this? <laughs> and then so, they didn't do it. <laughs> until he finds a place, he gets roped into babysitting Bill Burr's kids from his old marriage. And again, another good throwaway line here. You want me to babysit? I do drugs. <laughs> Loved that. And then comes again another storyline that we eventually abandon, which is him in montage style walking these kids to and from school and kind of bonding with them. And it's cute because he's genuinely yeah. very sweet to them. Like the little girl likes to sing and he it was really encouraging. The little boy likes to come up with superheroes of course and he yeah. like draws superheroes for him it's very sweet but did we need it 
Well, because he takes him to the school, and then he, like, sometimes volunteers. He, like, cleans the brushes at the school. So he's, he's learning how to not be a man boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's re- I it, guess. It, it fucking sucks. Dude. Dude. I appreciate that uh, Bill Burr's ex is Pamela Adlin, because I think she's great. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, so it all eventually culminates because he he wants to break them up again another piece of this plot for some reason that's well into like an an hour and 45 minutes in he's like i'm gonna introduce a new storyline which is that i'm gonna break them up now yeah so they so he basically he hangs out and gets high with pamela adlin one afternoon and bill burr's ex-wife bill burr's ex-wife and pamela adlin is like look Bill Burr is a dick. I hate him. He's trying to get out of custody of his kids. Um, he doesn't have a home. He lives at the firehouse, which is, you know, why he probably wants to kick you out. And he has a ton of gambling debt. Right. That was a surprise. That did make me go, oh, no. Yeah. I actually cared. Yeah. So, um, so in any event, uh, he tells, uh, so Pete Davidson takes this information to marissa tomei and uh just tells her everything so that she breaks up with bill burr she does then bill burr comes did we see that scene no we don't see him telling marissa tomei we just see the fallout okay okay because i was i was confused i didn't know if he the one scene that got (laughs) i didn't know because i just thought maybe the, the ex told him hey um I talked to the, that kid that walks our kids to school and I told him about how much of a son of a bitch you are. And then he's like, oh, I got to go stop him from telling Marissa Tomei. I thought that was what the vibe was. But I guess she he already told her. I But again, the one scene that got cut was like the logic scene. Where no, right. Nothing yes. made the, sense. The, the one that advances the plot. Right. So, so we don't see that, but we do see Bill Burr um, finding Pete Davidson, chewing him out about it, and starting to beat the crap out of him. Yeah, he picks him up and throws him into the above-ground pool, pool, which is really I'm funny. i to tell my mom you tried to drown me. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, uh, the, the whole fight was also quite long, um, but in the end, Bill Burr pins him down, pins his arms yeah. down, is like, tap out, tap out, and Marissa Tomei uh runs up finds them she's like you you both are idiots you both have to leave i'm breaking up with you you can't live in my house kicks them both out you know what good for good for her (laughs) (laughs) um uh i do want to because i think we skipped it i want to talk about the pharmacy scene real quick oh i forgot about that again another weird plot point yeah and and here's the thing is if we hadn't covered it listeners you would not have noticed um but basically uh he and his loser friends uh decide to rob a pharmacy they're like oh we got a, a line on an easy um i i forget what they're saying they're stealing like painkillers or something yeah but, like yeah they're stealing oxy right and so they're like the guy's not gonna be there our friend ha- gave us a copy of the key it's gonna be the easiest thing get in get out pete davidson agrees to be the lookout um, it all goes completely sideways. Like the pharmacist is there. He shoots one of the guys in the arm. Um, Pete Davidson running is the lookout. He runs to the pharmacy. He sees the gunshot and yells, fuck that and runs away while his friends get arrested. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know why I brought it up. This literally nothing that 
nothing interesting at all. I think possibly to show us where he, where his life could have headed. Where he could end up, yeah. We didn't need it, though. No. No. Um, Come on, Judd. So. I gotta talk uh, to Judd. I want, like, I want his number and be like, bro, we gotta talk. Judd, uh, Twitter, um, it's Nadia Vasquez. Uh, I think her DMs are open, so just feel free uh, to shoot one over there. Oh, don't uh, shoot one just... over there. <laughs> don't. How how long do you think the average Judd Apatow DM is? Keeping he... in mind that the character limit for DMs is 10,000. No, I think that he would hit the character limit twice, and then the third one is just like a sentence that's like, so get back to me whenever. I feel like that's his vibe. <laughs> so, so, so we press ahead. Um, Pete Davidson is homeless. Um, oh, it's so mom, horrible. His mom has kicked him out. He tries to crash at Kelsey's by fucking her and not telling her that he's homeless. And he's like, can I just stay here for a few days, weeks, months? Um, horrible, horrible. And then... Uh, then basically the only option he has is he goes to the firehouse well, where Bill Burr works and is like, look, can I just crash here? And Bill Burr's like, fuck you. And Pete Davidson's like, ah, if you treat me like shit, my mom is going to hate you for the rest of your life. Yep, because he wants her back. Because who doesn't want Marissa Tomei? You fucking kidding? Uh, of course. Yeah, so he's like, fine, you can stay here. And then it was like drinking a cold brew coffee when I saw Jimmy Tatro. In... The American Vandal himself. Oh, he's so hot and sexy. He plays a fire... My arms are wide open right now. He plays a fireman there. He has maybe two scenes, three scenes. I was about to say, he's not in the movie very much. But when I saw him, I gasped and the adrenaline spiked. He is just such a babe. So, uh, <sighs> on a separate note, listeners, uh, Nadia and I were talking... Uh, another day about tv shows that depict social media accurately and we both agreed american vandal which is a stone cold uh master class in comedy Incredible. writing uh, season one does... only i liked i liked two as well i but couldn't yeah, get one, through it that was too much one poop is... in number two yeah one <laughs> one is one is the best one for sure yeah. but like uh, I remember saying, oh, yeah, American Vandal's classic. It's the best. And Nadia just texted me, yeah, plus Jimmy Tatro can blow my back out. <laughs> he could. And he's great in home economics, which season two premieres September 22nd on ABC. But also, he's really great in The Real Bros of Simi Valley. If you haven't seen that, <laughs> it's on the first season's on YouTube, second's on Facebook Watch. It's one of the best shows ever made that is so underrated and amazing. Um, but he also is... My second husband after Kid Cudi and I get divorced. Uh, so, um, so he, he crashed at the firehouse, and you know what? He starts learning personal responsibility. <gasps> he does chores. He he does chores. Again, another good throwaway line when he's he's washing the fire truck, and he's like, why do we clean this thing? It's just going to get fire on it. <laughs> why does it have to be shiny? It was great. Uh, Buscemi eventually tells him, a little bit more about his dad after right. after this montage of taking more personal responsibility. Um, who knew that the real remedy of all of this is to share with him that his dad wasn't just a hero, but also just as much of a fuck up as him. Just he was a coke fiend. He <laughs> was a, just yeah. So it's you know there's a scene at like a, a bar where they're all hanging out together. 
um, actually, what happens is they go on a call and Pete Davidson rides along oh, right. um, yeah. with them. And Bill Burr gets uh, gets a grab. He rescues a person. I, I'm using the fancy term because I've watched Rescue Me before. Nice. Okay, uh, I was going to say, well, how'd you learn that? Okay. Uh, so Bill Burr, like, like saves, like, fucking saves someone from a fire. Yeah. And, like, Pete Davidson is watching this all from the outside. And Steve Buscemi's like, I know it looks bad, but they know what they're doing. Um, and then they go to a bar afterwards and they just all share stories about Pete Davidson's dad while The Wait by the band plays because Judd Apatow was like, what's the most fucking on-the-nose music cue? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's really nice. Um, the story goes on for a very long time. These stories are, I'm assuming these stories are real because they're very specific, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sounds like he wanted to talk about it. But they basically are like he was actually a lot like you you know he wasn't this Mm -hmm. saintly pure hero that your mom kind of painted him out to be he was kind of an asshole and uh they they humanized his dad for him which i think was very helpful and amazing this scene is all right yeah i think yeah um and and they all bond they all bond bond. it's like and then and there's like montages of them bonding and it made me think of that vine of that guy that's like what's better than this guys being dudes that's exactly what it is it's a guys being dudes uh guys being dudes moment and they're all singing along with the ultimate guys being dudes band the wallflowers (laughs) um at the bar um very testosterone yeah it's a one (laughs) it's a one headlight and uh And, uh, you know, Pete Davidson now is, like, a little, he's a little less on edge because he realizes he doesn't have to live up to the saintly example of his dad that his mom built a shrine to. And then something I did not expect happened, which is action motherfucking Bronson shows up (laughs) with a wound. Action Bronson, I believe, playing himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, he was shooting Fuck That's Delicious down the street and got shot. And <laughs> he was like, help me. So, yeah. So, uh, what happens is, it's a later date. The firefighters all go out on a call, and, and Davidson just stays behind and, and uh, smokes weed uh, while he's waiting for them. And Action Bronson walks in. <laughs> and he's clearly been shot or gouged in the stomach. Yeah. You guys, I love like, Action Bronson so much. I think he's so funny and ridiculous and stupid and great and i loved his shows when he had all his buddies on there to see him playing himself in a movie was such a delight it was another (laughs) another cup of coffee and then a different kind as the jimmy tatra one that was the horny kind (laughs) (laughs) and so you know he walks in just with all this blood i was like excuse me sir could you give me some assistance (laughs) pete davidson's like what the fuck dude holy shit we gotta call an ambulance and he's like, no, 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 don't get anyone involved here. We don't need Just, the government. <laughs> we don't need the government, man. And Pete Davidson's like, no, man, I'm high as shit right now. And Action Brown's like, yeah, I'm high too. It's cool. <laughs> it was such a funny scene. I, I think they let Action, because the, the, his dialogue sounds a lot like how Action speaks. Yes. And it <laughs> yeah, was that's... really funny. Really, really good. He's like, oh, my vape exploded in my pocket. <laughs> he's like, no pockets there. <laughs> um... So, like, Pete Davidson, like, takes him to the ER. Um, And this is, I mean, this is a funny scene. But, again, it's kind of like, again, it's very apatow It's just like, okay, it's the third act Mm -hmm. uh, in a two-hour and 15-minute movie. We have to have some sort of climactic scene. Right. Um, So, 
Uh, Let's bring in a character visit. we've never seen before. Never that, seen that before. That is really, really exciting. <laughs> and we're going to take him to the hospital because important things happen in hospitals. Right. Um, and that's basically what happens. Oh, oh wait, knocked up. The, yeah, 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 exactly. So who's the, fuck, who is the ER nurse on duty that evening? <gasps> oh, you're not going to believe this. Marissa Tomei. It's Marissa Tomei. <sighs> Uh, and then, you know, Bill Burr basically, sh- so basically they're like waiting in the ER waiting room and then Bill Burr comes in and like uses his, his fire department credentials to, you know, kind of help Action Bronson jump the line, uh, which is, uh, fucked up by the way. Yeah. And Fuck, <laughs> so, that's fucked up. Um, and so, uh, they, they all bond. Bill Burr, Marissa Tomei, and Pete Davidson are all, all together again and, uh, Bill Burr reveals that he's been letting Pete Davidson practice his drawing and his tattoos on his back where he can't see it. And he was just like, just don't draw anything stupid on my back and you can tattoo my back. And uh, Marissa Tomei sees it and Pete Davidson has drawn every stupid fucking thing. I kind of wished that because there was a scene where his son was like, oh, yeah, Pete Davidson drew my Iceman cre- creature. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we we didn't even talk about like 40% of the movie because it was so no, long. No, we skipped a lot. Yeah, it's, there is that scene and he's like, wow, this is actually really good. And it is a very well done drawing. So in my head, I thought, oh, cool, like finally he's going to do a good tattoo and it's going to be on Bill Burr's back and it's going to be great. No, that's not true. They're, they're all terrible. Yeah. They're like two aliens crouching right. and it says Got gang. Some Chinese characters in there. He does a, a portrait of, of them and his dad mm-hmm. is the son. It's very weird. But that's like the, that's the sign that he's, that he's officially a grown up now. Yeah. Is he, he's he grown up picture. He drew a picture of Bill Burr in their family. Right. Um, Which was so, Marissa Tomei's green light to fuck Bill Burr again. She, I, yeah, I was about to say, she was already fucking him. Um, so, uh, final scene, uh, he gets on the Staten Island ferry with Kelsey. He's like, I'm sorry I tried to fuck you to crash at your place because I was homeless. But she's going to take her civil service test. And, and then he like, tells her he loves her? Yeah, that kind of comes out of nowhere. See, again, with the terrible men and that that type of dude, he would do that. And he's yeah. probably going to go live at her house. He's probably going to go live at her house. But first, he's going to accompany her to Manhattan. Man-y-y-y. She goes in to take her civil service exam. Uh, and she's like, do you want to wait for me? And he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, when are you going to be out? She's like, it's like three hours. He's like, oh, okay. I'll just and re-watch this movie. I'll just... <laughs> And so he uh, watched her go in, and he walks back out and looks uh, looks around in Manhattan, and then he looks at the camera and says, I'm the king of Staten Island, and that's some risky business. <laughs> Could, wait, hold on. When he was looking out at the... At- Manhattan was the new the new Twin Tower thing in the background there. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I think the, it was the One World Trade. Mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, but, okay, but yeah, it wasn't it like was. a. It wasn't an obvious shot, but it was in the shot. It it clearly was not an obvious shot because I missed it completely. Yeah. Well, I um, just I just see. know where they are. They're down at the basically like a city hall type of thing, mm. and I know yeah, that it's uh, near the the World Trade Center. Okay, yeah, it, it doesn't say, it just says um, in the Wikipedia summary, he rides on the ferry with her where he confesses his love for her and the two kiss. Kelsey heads into the exam, leaving Scott alone with his thoughts. Ugh, so stupid. What, 
what are we rooting for? I I guess like again, it, it this is kind of interchangeable with a lot of the other Apatow films. It's like you're rooting for this kind of man child to grow up and uh, be a responsible adult. Mm. I'm tired of those stories. Yeah, and again, this is this is a movie that that Judd has been making for. 15 years and change now. Do you think you Judd see... is um, obsessed with wanting to grow up because he hasn't grown up? Or do you think that he's obsessed with stories about growing up because he hates being grown up? Uh, I think it's probably the latter. Hmm. I think it's the latter. Okay. Um, but I don't know for sure. You know, the, the story that I hear is that basically Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg did a lot more work on Knocked Up than they were credited for. Oh, I believe um, it. And Judd Apatow was like, no, 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 you have to let me take the credit so I can like get the studio deal and start producing more stuff. But if you let me take the credit, I'll let you guys make whatever movie you want. Mm. And so they, they were like, well, we have a script we've been writing since we were 14 <laughs> called Superman. And it's going to be the greatest movie <laughs> and ever. And <laughs> it's going to be the best movie ever made. Because, <laughs> and in my, you know, uh, they didn't, uh, Apatow didn't direct that one, right. I believe, Thank but God. it's, it, it is like, it, it, that is the best one of these films by like a fucking mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's probably because it's under two hours. Yeah. It's, it's tighter and it's just like these people are assholes, but they're in high school and everyone's an asshole in high school. Yeah. So it's okay. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, this movie's long. It's too long. It's, it is replacement level. Um, if you need to pass, so I, um, I watched this movie in one sitting amazingly. Oh, uh, I did not. I took, yeah. I did, I did it in three. I, uh, no, what I did, <laughs> three. Yeah. what I did was, um, my neighbors were playing music real loud. It was a Saturday night. Oh, um, nice. So for like four hours and it was like shaking my walls. So I was like, well, I'm up. So I might as well watch King of Staten Island cause it's on HBO max. So I watched all of that. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was, and, and like I said, I don't hate it, yeah. right? Like, I'm like, it was a perfectly acceptable way to pass the time, but I watched it because I have to for this show. Mm -hmm. Like, if I had the option to watch anything else, I would. And in fact, when I was done watching that and the music was still playing, I just watched a bunch of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Nice. And that was way fucking better. Nice, yeah. I think this is, unf I mean, it bums me out that it isn't better for Pete's sake. Yes, and when you say for Pete's sake, you're referring to Pete Davidson and you're not just going, oh, for Pete's for sake. sake. No, um, Pete, I think Pete deserved better for, I mean, to be quite earnest, which is mm -hmm. something that I tend to be, I feel bad for what he has experienced. It must be very, very difficult, especially because that's how people know of him. It's unfortunately become a large part of his story of this is the guy whose dad died at nine in nine eleven. Like that's really yeah. fucked up, you know? And obviously he's going through a lot. He has a lot of, you know, mental health stuff and he's very open to talking about, which is really great because he's shining quite a light on it. Yeah. And so he's doing a lot of good and I feel like he deserves better for this particular story. I, I think if you take Apatow out of the equation here, there is a, a decent movie in here. Certainly at least as good as any of the SNL films we've watched. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if they m let him experience a little bit of joy 
as because the, the character is absolutely joyless until the it very is, end. It's very bleak movie for a long time. Yeah, and I feel like you can absolutely feel like you're rotten and sad and broken and all of these different things, but there have to be moments of joy f- for you to be a well-rounded character. You know what I mean? Uh, In a film that you're supposed to be watching for your entertainment. Exactly. So so it was it was a little bleak in the sense of like, yeah, this is like a really depressing story, but also they just didn't allow him to explore that part of himself on camera. Maybe, I mean, I don't even know. It seems like it's possible. He seems like a very cool, goofy kind of person, you know? But mm-hmm. I think it would have been more fun to explore that portion of it. Like, if you're going to be a fuck-up, like, make him a fuck-up in a funny way. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. And so I feel like it, it, did, it did him a little bit of a disservice because he, it ultimately made him unlikable. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, you know, this movie is, it, because it's so long and meandering, like, you can't latch on to the plot. You have to latch on to the vibe. <laughs> and, and You never want to do that. You never want to do that. But it, for some movies, it works. Like, I would say the same thing about Grease. Like, Grease oh, that's true. You're doesn't right. have a plot. It has a vibe. But the vibe of this movie is, here's a bunch of terrible Italian people. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, Grease is very joyful, even though there's, like, a pregnancy scare. Grease is, here's scare. a bunch of great Italian people. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> there's, like, a pregnancy scare. Everyone's 40 yeah. years old. It's, like, there's a lot. <laughs> But it's very joyful, and it's got the good music and everything. It's really fun. But this one, like, even the supporting characters, when there are moments of, like, hilarity, like the guy who's getting catfished, it turns out that the girl that they thought was catfishing him was a real girl. He's real. He's and just it, really in love with a super hot lady. Yeah, and they were just like, she's real. Good for him. Like, that was a really fun, joyful moment, and I would have loved That was to, a good reveal. I could have yes. I could have used a few more of those uh, just so that, you know, I, I personally don't want to watch one character suffer. Like, this isn't fucking, I don't know, Sophie's Choice. This is a movie about Pete Davidson. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the joyful stuff is supposed to be everyone else having a good time. Like, his sister at college, his mom's having a good time while she's dating Bill Burr and whatever. But, like, I want to see him have a good time. I didn't need the scene where he was, like, robbing from the pharmacy I would have loved to have seen him having a good time with his friends and, like, not taking responsibility so that when he did, it would be more, um, I don't know, fulfilling? It hit harder. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so don't watch it, folks. Yeah, you don't Uh, want it. We did it for you. Don't watch it. Um, So, look, it's time for a final good for them of the season, and I'm just going to run through these real quick. Here's the current SNL cast and what they're up to, and we'll just kind of run these down in alphabetical order. Beck Bennett, in addition to his work on SNL, is currently the voice of Launchpad McQuack in the DuckTales reboot uh, for Disney. Uh, A.D. Bryant uh, has actually been nominated for an Emmy for her work on SNL and for her other series, Shrill, which I believe is based on the memoir of Lindy West. Mm -hmm. Michael Shea, as we've said before, is a literal insane person. (laughs) Uh, Mikey Day uh, is currently writing future Prolly Shoulda selection Home Sweet Home Alone, which is the sixth Home Alone movie, which is premiering November on Disney+. Oh, hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> um, Heidi Gardner uh, is the voice of the anthropomorphic cat Cooch on the series Supermansion, wow. currently airing on Crackle. 
Uh, Colin Jost, of course, is the person that Scarlett Johansson thinks of when she jerks off. No! Kate McKinnon <laughs> stars in an average of two movies a year since 2016. She's going to be fine. Alex Moffat uh, actually doesn't do anything else, but he is officially playing Joe Biden now. Nice. Uh, on SNL. Kyle Mooney, arguably the funniest current cast member of Saturday Night Live. He made an exceptionally bizarre movie called Brigsby Bear uh, with Mark Hamill in it. Uh, he has also been in at least one feature film a year since 2012. Uh, Ego uh is, uh, I think, newer to the cast, so I've, uh, you know, I, I, she has not had that much of a career yet. Chris Redd was, of course, in previous podcast selection, Popstar, yeah. where he was Hunter awesome. Hungry. And he's uh, currently on Keenan as well, right? Yes. He's oh, he's show. so great on Keenan. Keenan is just so good. Keenan's good. Is it good? I loved it. You know, I, I it starts I off strong a, and then it kind of tapers off, but that's what happens. Okay. That's what happens. That's sitcoms, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I am rooting for Keenan. Um, Cecily Strong uh, just delivered the second worst performance in Schmigadoon. <laughs> uh, Keenan Thompson uh, is the longest serving cast member in SNL history uh, over 46 seasons. Uh, that's how long the show has been on. He has not been on 46 seasons because he was a child. Uh, <laughs> he was on all or, that at uh, the time. He, he was on all that. Um <laughs> So he's set, and uh, Melissa Villasenor, which of course is from the Spanish for House Mister, uh, <laughs> hosted the Independent Spirit Awards this year, and after she was cast on SNL, she only had to delete like 10 racist tweets. <laughs> so, for the cast of SNL, who are all going on to bigger and better things slowly but surely, we say, good for you. Yay! That's really nice to hear that everyone's doing pretty well. Yeah, except Melissa. Uh, so, no. um, so anyone from Common Sense Media, you said you had a review. Yes, I am really excited. I had a two-star review. This is a parent review. After I read this one, I thought this is the only one I need to read. It encompasses everything that we have yet to say, or maybe I've already said. And uh, this, again, two-star review titled, Apatow's Appetite for Success Halted. So let me just say right away, great title. Right? Okay, so... <laughs> It's a little long, but I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Well, I think I can finally say Judd Apatow is human and that not everything he touches becomes gold, or in this case, a box office hit. Maybe it's because it didn't hit the box office literally, or maybe it's because I just had to pay $19.99 on Devan to view this movie, but I am a huge Judd Apatow fan and love all his movies, and this was the first movie I can say I was very excited to be able to watch in the comfort of my own couch and TV. I got even more excited that my brand new Samsung 4K QLED TV can actually be put to use to watch this movie because it was shot in 4K. (laughs) Just hang in there, okay? This didn't do justice for the cinematography, though. Why the fuck they show this on 4K? I don't know, bro. Let's shoot this in 4K. Uh, I'll, I'll get, okay. I think the one thing Judd has figured out is how to get reach and viewership how well put the so-called star of this movie on the howard stern show since there's not been any advertisements uh for movies due to the pandemic i learned from about this movie from the interview of pete davidson on the howard stern show i guess i can't bash judd too much because i have to say that i've listened to howard stern for the past 25 years but his interview with pete was probably one of the worst i've heard i think we are starting to see the common ground here Yes, we all know the story and life of Pete Davidson. Davidson, His dad dying in 9-11, his dark depression he turned into humor, which is the recipe for all comics, his time on Saturday Night Live, and of course, his past relationships. 
As I'm writing this, I have to say that now that I think about SNL, I can't really take away one funny thing he may have done on there. (laughs) But I can say that I stopped watching SNL along with the entire country about a decade ago. I should have known after listening to the interview with Pete and his one-word answers and just downright boring interview on The Stern Show that this should have been a sign that a good story does not always translate to a good film. How good is that? Okay, hold on. He goes on. The movie had potential, but I just don't think it was able to show the depths and darkness of the consistency it deserved. I guess you can say that Judd wasn't able to get much from Pete on this movie, similar to how Howard wasn't able to get that magic he seemed to get with just about anyone he interviews. So let's discuss what the takeaway of the movie is. To be honest, I have no idea what the takeaway was. It seemed to have a bunch of subplots that just all fell flat and never really seemed to hit or really make you feel any type of emotion during this movie. I think that not being honest with oneself and trying to give this movie the emotional feel with fictional facts was a major mistake. I'm not exactly sure what we were supposed to really root for. Maybe I hope that he gets the girl at the end. I really hope he becomes successful. I hope his mom gets to be happy and meets someone new. I hope blah, 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 blah. I don't really find myself doing this because how can you root for someone that has some of the worst tattoos on their body in real life I've ever seen? (laughs) This is why 4K was not the best visual aspect. (laughs) You know what? It was it was worth it. I love this review. It was worth it. He was right, though, that that one part. A good story does not always translate to a good film. Wow. Yes. That that's a really good point. In just I'm sorry guys, just imagine it's like May 2020. <laughs> you're still under a shelter in place order. Oh god. Like you're still disinfecting your groceries. <laughs> you've watched like you've watched a lot of shit on Netflix. You're like I need something entertaining. Oh, a new Judd Apatow movie has come out. Hell yeah. Wait, I have to pay nineteen ninety nine for it? Well, I'm sure it's going to be great. And then it's this. <laughs> I'm sure this will, uh, you know, make me feel some level of comfort about the world going to hell. It's like, nope. No, you should have known from the moment he closed his eyes when he was driving on the freeway that this was not going to be the movie for you. <laughs> I'm very, I'm disappointed because, like this review said who are you supposed to be rooting for i'm rooting for it to end yeah yeah and again you know i'm glad even though pete davidson is not um funny uh i think certainly not really in this movie um i am glad he has the job at snl because otherwise i i would be very concerned about him like i i legitimately am very worried for him and and pete i'm glad you're doing better yes Um, but also is does this is going to sound really callous, but, like, does somebody deserve to be on Saturday Night Live? Well, I mean, and that's Otherwise, the thing. we're worried yeah. about them? Yeah, sure, right, exactly. And it's like, oh, or is that a spot that we could give to someone with, like, actually something to say? Uh, or who <laughs> can do, like, celebrity impressions or... Right. Let, let's go <laughs> yeah, back to... Let's go back to, like, basics of SNL. Super... Okay, first season of <clears throat> SNL. Right? Gerald Ford falling down, <laughs> Coneheads, and John Belushi plays a samurai who runs a fucking uh, deli shop. Right. Like, like, 
Just back to basics, the guys. The silliness. Where is the silliness? You keep your drugs. You can still smoke weed. In fact, you should smoke yeah. weed. Like, I think that's good. But, like, get fewer writers in there. And, Lauren, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it again. You have to die. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Lauren, retire, bitch. But that went in a whole different direction. I don't, I don't <clears throat> think, God, can you, I mean, I, I think we talked about this with our friends at Vicious Cycle, but can you imagine when he dies how terrible the posts are going to be? Oh, my God. It, just from regular people, like, on, just on my Just from normal feed. people. Just from, the posts from people's moms alone. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, yeah. Listen, we, I, I, I'm not a television producer. I know I've been around television producers. I know how difficult the job actually is credit where credit is due however Lauren is old and I think he's he's, so he's at this point so detached from reality from all of the money and the power and the connections and everything that the the rule of comedy is that it comes from truth and I don't think that yeah. he can relate to the truth anymore because his truth is just completely like Bezos truth you know like it's just so yeah. far out from reality yes yeah. That I don't think There's that no, he's like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, I, I think maybe this sketch is not a good idea. <laughs> no, nobody uh, would actually ever find this funny, and we're supposed to be entertaining people. Yeah, and you know, I, not that I, I, I think a lot of writers from SNL, like I went to school with Sudi Green. She's always been really, really funny, and I don't think that she got a lot of stuff on there that I feel like represented her but i think it's just because they're trying to uh appeal to the mass audience yeah. and and try well, to get that second life online there are so many people um that have been on the show that we have talked about this season that um have gone on to do such hilarious things that um that just their stuff on snl just was very underwhelming and i think it's more a function of how that show works and what happens when you get a ton of people in a room run by a super wealthy uh isolated insane howard hughes type yeah. um and make them write 90 minutes of comedy a week uh that has to be performed live yeah like it's just it's it's a function of how the show is structured i mean like it was like, oh yeah, when when Tina Fey was on the show, was she? What's your favorite Tina Fey sketch from Saturday Night Live? Well, nobody fucking knows because she wasn't a, a particularly notable performer on SNL. She was a writer. She did Weekend Update, and then she went on to create like unbelievably funny shit. Yeah, she you know she wrote Mean Girls. She wrote Thirty Rock. Like she she made extremely good stuff, and I think it's just the reason why we're we're gonna remember that stuff and not the snl stuff is like snl doesn't make a lot of stuff worth remembering generally yeah my question is do you think that snl will continue once lorne either steps down or biffs or is it? or is assassinated <laughs> yeah so that's a good question you're gonna get us on the fbi watch list bro <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I think, so the problem is I think it is going to go on and I think it's going to be like, um, season 100. There, like, can you imagine? It, it's going to be, it's going to be, Lauren's going to die and Bill de Blasio is going to give a press conference <laughs> and he's going to be like, Saturday Night Live made us laugh, but Saturday Night Live made us think. Oh no. And Saturday Night Live. It's like what we talked about before about when the Tony Awards eventually come back. Yeah. Because Broadway's been dark for like a year and a half now. It's just opening up now. And they're going to have the Tony Awards. And it's going to be so, so the biggest fucking circle jerk <laughs> in the world. Where they're going to be like, Broadway was dark, but Broadway was also 
a light. Oh. And then, and then Lin-Manuel's going to fucking rap. Yeah. So Bill de Blasio is going to come out. He's going to say, SNL made us laugh. SNL made us think. As, there will always be an SNL as long as there is always a New York. Oh, my SNL God. Is, yeah, You're SNL 100% correct. And here to rap about SNL, please welcome <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> he lives there. Oh. Yeah, so... so I think that's going to happen, you know, and, and who the hell knows who's going to take over, you know, it's, you know, who would be great in that spot, I think it's Mike Richards. Uh, and so. <laughs> oh, think, God, if we're lucky, it's Colin Jost. And so somebody's going to take it over and then it's going to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It's going to be kind of mediocre with the occasional bright spot. And everybody's going to say, you know, it was a lot better when Lauren was running it. Yeah. Or they're going to be like, it was a lot better when the, they did digital shorts. Yeah, well, well, that part is true. It was better when they yeah, did digital it shorts. Was. That's it. <sighs> it's fine. I'm I'm glad that I was there when it was good. Yes, I'm glad you were there when Will Forte was there, which uh, is basically the, basically the, the only main thing incredible I care about. window there ever was. God. <laughs> yeah, you had Will Forte and the Lonely Island. Actually, I you know. did have a very good era. I did, and Fred Armisen and Kristen Wiig, and it was it was yeah. incredible. Now, had had Maya Rudolph already left? Yeah, she had left, but she came back for that uh, ah, that Betty shame. White episode. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So I did get to ah. see her, but I think um, ultimately, what what did you learn about Saturday Night Live this season, Tony? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question because I'm really happy that we covered all of this because I learned a lot of the history yes. that I did not know. Um, like Martin Lawrence getting banned from the show for making jokes about yeast infections <laughs> in his opening monologue. Um, I guess I guess what I, what I really learned is like what I, appre- you know, when SNL is at its best, mm-hmm. it is a show where, it is a show and a movie studio where everyone can just kind of relax and take it easy for 90 (laughs) minutes. And that's what Superstar is to me. That's what Wayne's World is to me. That's what Night at the Roxbury is to me. Yes. And then, if you're really, really, really lucky, one in a thousand times, you get some fucking visionary shit coming out of there. That's your Yorma. Yes. That's Will Forte. That's, um, I mean, that's even like, uh, I I would argue... um, uh, like the the Blues Brothers was so fucking weird that that even became a movie. Yeah, but it became something very good. I think totally. Um, and so like, but that's like one in a million. And I think the best you should hope for is like, like a night is like a superstar caliber film or a Night at the Roxbury caliber film. Or like this this is pleasant and it's ninety minutes long. Yeah, and but there's also things that you remember that you carry on for the rest of your life. Well, yeah, because everybody grows up with it. Exactly. So it always has that. And then the other thing is it's, uh, the other thing I learned, I think, is it's a horribly exploitative workplace <laughs> full of all sorts of terrible sex crimes. Right. And some people need to go to jail. What did you learn, Nadia? <laughs> all of those things. Um, but also I learned that I have a lot of compassion for everybody involved. Because it's it's got to be, it's very difficult I'm sure to be a singular person existing in that environment. You, um, your stories about being there, and I think the addition—I mean, this is true of all of our episodes, but especially this because of your connection to the show. The the additional context that you brought have given me a much greater appreciation. I think, especially for all of these performers, 
um, than I think I had going into it. Like I, yeah. Well, I didn't want to go I, into it being mean because I have a lot of people who are still there, and I don't want to discredit the amount no, of well, work yes. that goes into it because it does. It's it's for it to be bad. Sometimes they put a lot of work into it for that to happen. Yes. Yeah, and and like I said, it it produced a lot of great performers and writers, yes. and SNL may be the the worst thing that each of them has ever done. Yeah, but, but they have if, had an impact if, on us individually right. in such a profound, especially like the Lonely Island for me, bonding yeah. with all of my friends in school and like as we've grown up watching things together as adults that they have made like it's beautiful. Yeah, human yeah. experience, so, man. I mean, it's so it is something beautiful. There is something there. So fire Lauren, fire Jost, <laughs> fire Shay. Um, uh, Mooney can stay. Yes, uh, actually, Keenan, actually, Keenan, you're all right. I feel like Mooney needs to do something very weird on a grander scale. Yeah, Mooney needs to make his um, his uh, Gesamtkunstwerk uh, ring cycle for opera. Uh, like giant, uh, like multi-million dollar opus. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I really hope that it actually happens. He's so weird. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, well, any... this is going to become yeah. the Kyle Mooney podcast where we just talk about how great he is. He is great. Do you ever, like beer pong house rules? Like look that one up. The fucking, um, the ice cream, the fucking ice cream parlor is like, oh yeah, and get us two ambulances because we're going to have a heart attack. And then Mooney like goes into a catatonic state, like imagining the heart attack. <laughs> He's just so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you're, you're good for them says it all. SNL yeah. is the springboard to greater it's things. The, yes. Yes. And so for us, with our podcast, this brings us into our next season. Which we so, we can't tell you about yet. We can't tell you about it yet. But here's what we can tell you: we're gonna do a season five. Uh, we're actually we are gonna take a break. The break's probably gonna be a little shorter than normal because um, we want to get season five rolling before the year ends. Uh, and uh, it will be another theme season, like the past couple have been. Uh, it is uh, like the past couple have been a theme that could end up killing me. <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited for this one. It does tap yeah. into little Nadia, so the inner child will be coming out. There's going to be some inner child uh, that we're going to be talking about for both of us, I think. But uh, <laughs> until then, any final thoughts, Nadia? Oh, wait, hold on. Yes, I do. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Don't don't stop for a second. Okay, okay wait, wait. Here it is. Stop. Here, listen, listen, listen. Okay. That's us. Tattooing the probably shoulda logo on your heart. <laughs> That's the end of the bit. Okay. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's probably shoulda in all cases. All of our past episodes are available on whatever your favorite podcast app is. Please leave a review if you can. That really helps people find the show. Uh, folks, we will see you next season. Bye!
Just say, we forget a system that rewards only the greedy.